You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show. Today, I sit down with my now good friend, Marilyn Rodriguez, and she's going to be sharing her entire idea on feminine mastery. This is something that she's been teaching for many years now, and uh, I have found that many women struggle with that idea of maintaining their feminine essence while um, also exploring opportunity and uh, claiming their voice and making an impact in the world and being moms and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I find that uh, with all of the burdens and stress and responsibilities uh, on women's shoulders, it, it's often helpful to have somebody to kind of repoint yourself, you know, recalibrate, help women recalibrate themselves back to that core essence, that core feminine essence, so that they don't uh, lose themselves. I've met many women who are incredibly accomplished, um, and yet on the inside, they just feel lost. They feel a little bit um, uh, unseen. They feel stressed out, overwhelmed, um, even though at least on paper, things seem to be going really well. And of course, this is true for men. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. I've had many podcasts on that particular topic if you're interested. But um, today we're going to be talking about the feminine experience and uh, also mastering that. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to dive into the call now. Here I am with Marilyn Rodriguez. All right, we are here with the very beautiful, the very radiant Marilyn Rodriguez. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. All right. Well, you, uh, we have we have tried this once before. We're gonna try it again. We're gonna uh, dive into the whole world of feminine mastery, which is, for many men, uh, just an enigma. What is it? What? Is, who was it that said? I think it was um, Yogi Berra that said that women are like a an enigma wrapped in a riddle or something like that. I forget exactly mm-hmm. what it was, but for most guys. It's difficult enough, and I think even for some women, it's difficult to kind of uh, understand that feminine strength and that feminine power. So first of all, welcome to the call. Thank you for coming back and and chatting with me today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Okay, good deal. So um, first and foremost, why don't you tell people a little bit about who you are and what uh, a brief background uh, how, you know, that brought you up to the whole feminine mastery stuff in the first place? Sure. I... I've been teaching it for about 15 years. It has evolved over time. And what led me to do this powerful feminine work is my own journey of struggling with depression and not loving myself and internalizing traumas to the point that it colored how I saw myself, how I related to people, how I created in terms of my career and just overall how I related to my life. And even at one point it got really dark and I just didn't even want to be here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, it wasn't appetizing to be in life anymore. And as I started to do my own healing and slowly making incremental choices to try again today, to try again tomorrow, and each day try again, I started to access this light inside of me that I would see in the trees or I would see, you know, in the sky or I would see in a person that was nice to me. Hmm. I started to realize that they were reflecting back to me something that I had. Mm -hmm. And so over time, as I did my healing and made it 
through each day, one choice at a time, it became my purpose. Because I realized if I felt that way, then I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. And it's not like I woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to do this feminine work. No, it was one opportunity at a time came into my world and I just kept saying yes because it felt good. I kept saying yes and little by little it just evolved and you know I've been doing it for 15 years and just now I would say it's become the body of work that it is. And one of the things that I just said right now is it's a fundamental philosophy when it comes to femininity and it's saying yes. Saying yes to who you are, saying yes to each moment, because as women, we're wired and expected to do so much and wear all these hats and, you know, hold everything up and everything on our shoulders from being mothers to teachers to business women and wives and friends. And it's exhausting just thinking about mm -hmm. all these roles that we're supposed to wear. And when we do that, we forget who we are. We actually forget who we are. And one of the things that I really love to take my clients through is saying yes. Saying yes to your desire. Saying yes to what you would rather have. Saying yes to an opportunity, even if it doesn't match anything in your life, but deep down it's like, oh, I wanna do that, right? Saying yes to a person when typically you would, in your mind, you would say no. Mm -hmm. But in your core, it's a yes. Why do you think people do say no? Why, do, why, do you, why is it so hard for people to say yes? Or in this case, women to say yes? Yes and no. It's hard to say yes and it's hard to say no. Um, it's hard to, I'll start with no. It's hard to say no because we're afraid of loss. We're afraid of um, being abandoned. We're afraid of being without we're afraid of being in our purpose we're afraid of being in our light we're afraid it all comes down to this fear so we say no a lot to things that we would rather say yes to mm -hmm. okay um no comes into play when we have to establish boundaries deal breakers things that just don't work for us that's when you have powerful no's you have powerful no's when you're looking at a choice and it's like, no, that just doesn't feel right to me right now. Mm -hmm. It could be a yes tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So how, knowing how to say your no's comes from within and knowing who you are. And, and it really comes down to fear. It comes down to fear. And then yes is the same thing. We're afraid to say yes to what we would rather have. We're afraid to say yes to something that would feel so good. We're afraid to say yes to something that just kind of came in out of left field, out of the blue, and everything in us wants to run in that direction, but everything in my life that I have set up based on my belief system says, you can't go do that. Mm -hmm. Because you can't be successful that way. You can't do what you love that way. What about your family? What about your spouse? What about your children? What about your clients? What about your employee or employers? What about this world? And the thing is that when you say even little baby yeses, then you start to fall into alignment with 
who you are and your divine plan. And as women, we're the universe. You know, I have a client this morning who said it perfectly. She's like, I'm the universe and everything revolves around me. She's had incredible breakthroughs over the past few weeks and she said it perfectly. And by the time we finished our session, her, she was in her space of I materialize from within. Hmm. And it's because she has spent the last few weeks saying yes, saying yes to what she would rather have, saying yes to who she is, and saying no to what does not in any way, shape, or form support her. So she created just under $10,000 in the past week by doing literally doing nothing. She has spent time with her children. She has relaxed. She's taken care of herself. And yet, she, she'd been affirming that affluence is in my world. I am affluence. I materialized from within. And all of these opportunities started to come in on their own. She'd have a, what she calls a meltdown, which fem, our, this feminine work requires us to go deep. Because we have to let go of what's been circulating in our energy system. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is that you can let it go. You can get, let it go fully. You can let it go for lifetimes in 20 minutes. And you have this, you know, what she called a meltdown, but it's not. It's a release. And then you're free. Your energy field is free. And as women, the freer we are. I think this is a universal principle too, but the freer we are, the more we feel what's true for us, then life can start to align and rearrange itself for us. And so she would have a random call come in that gave them more income and just little things that were happening that when you look at the numbers, it just stacked up that way. And so the power of saying no and yes is that it puts you in alignment with your desires mm -hmm. and your desires are your alignment for women. What we desire is, it's our soul calling us to be all that we can be. And when we say no to that calling, we're saying no to ourselves. And then so life is mediocre. There's struggles. Um, yeah, it's it's as we could be. It's crazy to me how how what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the the antithetical of what one aspires to be we're saying yes to all the things that we sh should be saying no to because yeah. we, f we feel bad we don't want to say yes you know we don't want to say no to th something or somebody mm -hmm. and then we say no to all the things that are really truly our hearts calling and we end up in the reciprocal of what we really ultimately need and want yeah. uh it's just it's kind of crazy how that happens so um let's take just a quick step back a little bit did you come into this work and create this purely on your own, did you have any type of um, training or education or whatever to help you better understand the whole feminine world? What, give us a little bit of a glimpse into your background on that. <laughs> I'm a woman. There you go. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? No. So, well, no but yes, yes I, actually. Um, no, I've, <laughs> you know, over the years, my, my entire journey began actually with a course that I took that I thought was a self-development course, but halfway through, somehow I missed this. It's funny how that works, that it, I was actually going to be ordained as a minister. Well, that blew my circuit <laughs> because I was raised Catholic, and I'm like, well, that's not possible, <laughs> you know? You missed that I little detail. That. But it actually <laughs> ignited my 
my journey and my exploration of love. Mm. And it's actually when I learned the one of one of the tools that I teach my clients now, which is the wave of love. And it's imagining you're splashing and pouring love onto a situation, not to manipulate it, not to change it, but to really call out of it the divine plan, to take it from maybe not good to what it could be, to take it from phenomenal to out of this world, to take your hands off of it, not control it, and let it become what it is. And that's one of the key, one of the key, it's essential for a woman to let go and to not have her hands on it. We want to grip so tight, and that's because we don't want to be alone. We, we grip so tight because connection is at the core of our being. And so anything that threatens that connection, we want to hang on tight. It makes me even want to cry because I feel it too. Like we want to hang on tight because we don't want to lose something. We want to be without something. Yeah, and, and, and also not be vulnerable. It feels like, I mean, to me, the, the, the feedback that I get from women is the hanging on is, is a control thing because out of control feels really scary and, and feels really vulnerable. Yes. Um, I love vulnerable. Vulnerable to me means openness. Right. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Vulnerability, um, if you look it up, it, the, the words that go with it vibrationally are, you know, exposed, you're open to attack. And that's kind of like the general, there's pain around the word vulnerability yep. in society and humanity when really vulnerability means open. Mm -hmm. So going back to your question, my journey began with this course that I took. And then little by little, going back to saying, yes, I had this course showed up, so I got certified in that, and then I got certified in this, and the next thing I find, I'm a spiritual counselor, I'm a minister, I've gone through a master certification for being a life coach and an energy therapist, um, and I put all of that work, right? Um, you can look at it as credibility, but I think at the end of the day, the fact that I internalized it, I practiced it. And sometimes I was on my knees practicing it before I understood the grace part. Right. And, you know, working with the amazing clients that I've worked with and the collaborators that I've worked with over the years, all of that together has allowed this to evolve into what it is today. So it's not just one thing, but I really, I've pulled from all sources. I've pulled from everything that I've learned, from my interactions, from my own failures, from my own successes, from my own insights, from the amazing successes and insights my clients have had, conversations with people like you that have given me, you know, even more information and more understanding to become what it is today. And it's still evolving. Mm-hmm. If anybody's needing any type of credibility from you, I think the best credibility that you have to offer, quite honestly, is to just go and look at your profile pictures. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you you pass as a mid to late 20s woman, and I know you're not, so I, I'm not going to tell how old you actually are, but just you're radiating, and, and you, you it's clear that you have that you know who you are, that you have love to give. And if anybody's interested in, in working with you, I think, honestly, I think that's one of the best credibility pieces that a woman can have because I'll, I think a lot of women really do struggle with age and the body, you know, the, the body's losing its fight against gravity. And obviously many women have gone through being a mother and what that does to your body. 
and and the identification with body is a difficult one. So let's walk through that a little bit, if you will, for for the women that are listening and or the men who are trying to support women who are going through this. Walk us through the challenge of that and, and how a woman identifies with her body, but also how does a woman let go or, or I don't want to necessarily direct that question because maybe you can teach me something, but how do they, how do they age gracefully is ultimately what I'm getting at. There's so many factors. That's such a good question um, and topic to bring up. There's so many factors that come into play when it comes to aging into being present with ourselves at any age, really. And I call it the youthing process. And it's, it's not an external thing. Of course, diet has everything to do with it and lifestyle and how you, you know, do you work out? Do you move your body? Those things, you have to keep it moving and working right and feeding it high vibrational foods and foods that bring you life, foods that give you life and foods that exude life and that make you feel alive. So that's one key factor. I had, I'll call it a health challenge a few years ago and even though I ate healthy it taught me to choose life to choose foods that give life and then to eat in a way that to eat in a way that gives me life Mm -hmm. right so we're in our society we just eat eat, eat, and we go we eat and we go in school growing up we have 20-30 minutes to eat and then we go we're not taught to be present so that that's a huge component to it. Energetically and emotionally, the, the, the thoughts, the feelings that we carry, women create through feeling, and that's another, another universal principle. Um, we create through feeling. And so if what we're feeling inside is not feeling good, it's going to show up on the lines on our face, it's going to show up as weight. It's going to show up as health challenges and expressions, as joint problems, mental. I know, see it show up a lot in women in rigidity, in tension. You can see the stiffness and and the rigidity, which I think is maybe a little bit easier to to mask in men, if if you will. Um, but in women, it just seems very obvious when they've lost touch with their with with the flexibility of thought and and reality of the feminine body to be able to be vulnerable and to and to be open and to be flexible like it's just so clear when you see a woman that's lost that because she's such in a more of a masculine rigid angle it is it's a defense it's a defense is i have to keep myself safe i have to keep things going right and it depending on what she's been through in her life that caused trauma or caused a belief that said, I have to act this way in order to make it, in order to be safe. You know, we don't know that. We don't know what each woman's been through. But what I can speak to is releasing shame is a vital component to not being in that rigidity, to feeling young, And by young, I don't mean young like in your 20s if you're 40, not that I'm speaking about myself, but (laughs) but not, not, it's not about the number. It's about the, that inner liberation that you feel, that freedom you feel inside of yourself, that love you feel 
growing and swirling and that vitality and and radiance and vibrance and when you when a woman releases shame i've yet to meet a woman that has not been born onto the planet without shame mm-hmm. because it comes from generations before us so then you pile on this lifetime to that right and you just have a mound of shame and we hide behind that we hide we get scared we get angry there's all these you know people call it the feminine storm i am not a fan of that we're not storms there's no storm we are the light and when there's shame you can bet that there's hurt and guilt and fear and the greatest gift a woman can give herself is to release shame from her dna from her consciousness from her mind from her eyeballs from her experience to just let go of any and all shame wherever it may be wherever it came from wherever it is stored in her body and her mind and her spirit and her reality and to collapse that frequency because when a woman is liberated from shame anything is possible in terms of how she thinks and feels about herself in terms of how people relate back to her because of how she's now showing up without doing anything it's a state of being mm-hmm. um and how things start to unfold in her life a woman we spend so much time doing 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 that being falls you know it just falls off off the map we forget about being and mm-hmm. then we plop into bed and say i'm exhausted right mhm and that's not how we're meant to be that's where depletion comes from that's where adre- adrenal fatigue comes from that's where marital problems come from that's where problems come from for women mhm and you know going back to you know what you said thank you you know about my picture it's also feeling safe being beautiful that's huge um i've had two men in my lifetime ask me what's it like being beautiful hmm. both times i'm like oh, it's dangerous yeah that was my initial instinct So that, I had to do my own, I had to do my own deep digging like well I don't want that to be dangerous and what I realize is that a woman's beauty we provide beauty we love beautiful things look at look at the media look at what's provided to us it's like think you know house products and makeup and fashion that's tailored to women because we love beauty we are beauty we provide beauty But if a woman's carrying shame also around it's it's not safe to be beautiful it's not okay to be beautiful we're going to have thoughts and be locked in the thinking that's going to make our outsides look the opposite. Mhm. And that in itself is a defense mechanism. That in itself is a way to protect ourselves. And so being vulnerable or being open is also being open to 
being beautiful and that it's safe to be beautiful and that my beauty on the inside, who I am, the love that I am inside, my caring, my kindness, my compassion is the greatest gift I can offer the world. And then all of a sudden women start to look younger. I've seen it right before my eyes. I've, with my I've seen that transition too. It's unbelievable. I've, I was in a, a program once and uh, we we went through the, you know it was a several multi day program and in the first three days of the program it was the heavy hard you know brutal stuff emotionally yeah. working through limiting beliefs and all this whatever and then and then there was a tipping point and then we started to get into the the lighter side and what are you going to create and who are you and all that and there was a visceral change that that went through the entire body of people that were there to the point where. I was, I think I've shared this story with you before where I was sitting next to a woman who I realized all of a sudden was shivering because she was so darn cold. And I turned to look at her and give her my jacket because I'd actually taken it off. It was on the back of my seat. So I was giving her my jacket and I looked at her to put, give her my jacket. I was like, whoa, like she's beautiful. How did I not notice her before? And then I look around the room and everybody was beautiful. Like everybody was lit up. It was everybody dropped 10 years off of their face. It was, you know, amazing. And for anybody that feels like they, uh, that they're skeptical about that or whatever, just think about how, what you look like if you're depressed and you're frustrated or you're tired. I mean, there's, there's a clear like manifestation of that versus when you're energized, when you've eaten well, when you feel good, when you, you know, when you have positive thoughts that, that are emanating from you, there's a, there's a huge difference in how that manifests itself in, in how you look and, and then ultimately, of course, how you feel and how you behave. Yeah, and it's it's a commitment to that lifestyle. It's a commitment to the things that make you feel good. Again, going back to saying yes and no, it's choosing what will bring me to life, what makes me happy. What you said it perfectly, when we're depressed, when we're sad, when we're angry, you know, we're heavy. When we internalize it and keep it, we're heavy. Does it mean you can't feel sad? A woman can be her most beautiful self when she's sad. A woman can be her most beautiful self when she's angry. Mm -hmm. It is all about understanding the power within that feeling. And number one, knowing that it's okay to have that feeling. It's not a bad thing. Number two, it's knowing how to manage it, right? So this is emotional mastery. And expressing it. As simple as, I feel so angry right now. So if you're talking with someone and you're angry with them, I feel so angry right now. It's my anger. I'm keeping it here. I'm keeping it in my energy field. I'm not going to throw it at you. I just feel angry. Period. Yeah. She can be her most powerful self in the feelings that we're taught to run away from because we don't know how to handle them. Yeah, well, and couple that with what you were saying before about the shame, like uh, feeling shame for feeling angry, feeling shame for feeling upset or or whatever is, uh, I think, a really big one. And I think it's really helpful for women to, because they tend to at least stereotypically have more of a, an emotional range, or I should say have more of a, because I, I know men are extremely emotional too, but we don't it doesn't always bubble up to the surface as easily as it seemingly does with women. Um, I think that um, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> there, well, was a, okay there was a point behind that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's what I said. That's, the, that's my world. What was my point? Oh, what? Uh, that's that's what I was gonna say is to not feel shame about it. As I'm sitting here going, oh, that was dumb, you know. Oh well, all right, it happens, right? To not feel the shame about the the different um, forms of emotions that come up for whatever reason. I think that's a helpful thing for women to remind her, especially as you go through your monthly cycles sometimes, because I, there tends to be, at least from a masculine pers- from men's perspective perspective there tends to be some shame sometimes when women feel a certain like you know and my daughter's starting to go through that now and i'll i'll you know she's like i'm sad dad i'm crying i don't even know why i'm crying and the first thing i let her know is it's okay it's okay whatever you're feeling right now is okay and well, to not feel shame about opportunity that. to heal yeah 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 monthly cycles and hormones that's an opportunity to heal okay tell me yeah. what do you mean what does that mean well you know there's the whole, oh, you know, she's on her cycle and emotional and angry and all these feelings that come up. And if you look at it as an opportunity to heal, well, then I feel like this on my cycle this month. So let me heal and release all the times I've ever felt that way. Is there is there truth in that or is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, well, what I mean specifically like is, you know, like some people say, you know, they'll get drunk and they'll go. And they'll say things when they're drunk, and then other people might say, "Oh, it, it's the drunk is loosening them up to actually say their real truth." If <laughs> this is such a man question, so when a woman is going through her period, is it if she's raging or having an emotional this or that? Is it stemming from these are things that I've wanted to say that I've never really had the courage to say or whatever? Or is it, or should a guy just completely dismiss that if she's? Raging is never okay. Um, and I think that's where, you know, what I mentioned about the emotional mastery. No matter what's happening, it's really never okay. Do we all make those mistakes? Sure. Sure. And that's, you know, that's going back to just fixing it, right? Um, so that's different. Um, a woman can hold in everything she wants to say. It goes back to fear. It goes back to shame. It goes back to that fear of loss and can take those opportunities monthly and run with it. I'm not a fan of that because the thing is when you are in the practice of this feminine grace mastery, right? When every day you commit to healing what needs to be healed, whatever shows up, to being in your light, to you know, doing what makes you feel good, or creating a space that supports you while you do things that maybe you don't want to do, mm-hmm. then you're, you've committed to a higher way of living, a higher frequency, a higher vibration, a higher way of expressing. When it comes to monthly cycles, pre my journey, right, I would be on the floor in pain, mm. awful pain. During some of the most traumatic moments of my life, awful pain, where I'm on the floor about to pass out, vomiting, horrible pain. Since I have made those changes and I put into practice, hormones are an opportunity to heal. Hmm. I don't want to feel this way time and time and time and time again. I heal as I feel. So I have this feeling. I don't want that feeling. It, I don't want it. I don't want to feel that. I'm not running away from it. I just don't want that. So let me find out why am I feeling that? 
I search around inside myself. I find what's true for me. I liberate myself from that, and I choose what I would rather have, and I come into alignment with that emotionally. So I, I take my clients through this process. So over time, it's incremental. Over time, as a woman continues to commit to herself, to her light, her body will change. It has to. It just has to. I had astigmatism when I was in my early 20s. And I had to wear glasses. And the, doc the doctor said, you know, you're going to be wearing glasses for the rest of your life. And I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So what did I do? I went in and I said, what is it that I don't want to see? What am I afraid of? And I, for 30 days, I committed with all my might to healing whatever was showing up here. Why was this happening? It wasn't easy because it brought up stuff that I just was storing inside. But it resulted in me one day reaching for my glasses and I couldn't find them. I had lost them and I had gone a few days without them. It wasn't part of my reality. I haven't worn them since. I've had zero eye problems since. Hmm. I had an, a cyst on my ovary that was the size of a small orange, and they wanted to do surgery immediately. So I asked him, will I die if I wait? <laughs> he said, no. I said, okay, can I have 30 days? And he goes, well, I said, if there's an emergency, I'll call you. He goes, okay. He was reluctant. So I took myself to the beach, and I sat on the, on the shore, and I cried, and I let the water wash everything out of me. And for those 30 days, I committed to healing traumas, fears, shame, whatever it was. I went back to the doctor. There was nothing there, and I haven't had it since. So I speak this from personal experience. I've seen my clients do it. Um, this ties into what you were talking about earlier about looking young but it ties into everything. So when we commit to that higher, being in that higher vibration of who we are, the light, where there's light, darkness must flee. It has to. Mm -hmm. It defies gravity. It goes against what we're taught. It challenges the mind because we can't wrap our head around it. And so what I say to that is we're meant to be in miracles. That's what's supposed to be normal. So try it out. I was just going to ask you about that word miracle because I think some people hear healing like that and go, oh, that, that, that sounds crazy or that sounds spiritual or it sounds like a miracle. And yet at the same time, I feel like science is starting to catch up to miracle to where we're starting to be able to prove and validate that actual transformation. And for me, all I think about is, and this is very clearly shown in studies that if you're feeling stress and depressed or whatever, you're, you know, re releasing toxins in your body that affect your health, your physical health. And, and it's easy enough for somebody to think, Oh, if you're depressed, what does that look like? You, it, it's not bounding on feet, you know, with a big smile on your, your chest high and your chin up. That's not depressed. We know that we know there's a physical footprint to what depression looks like. Well, if it looks like something on the outside, what does it look like on the inside? And, mm -hmm. and, and again, there's been studies that are, that have proven without a doubt that, that the stress creates 
you know, the, the, I, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say exactly what it is, but it's, you know, the, the toxins in the body that ultimately affect your, your health. Why would it not be true that, like you were saying, if you radically commit to that higher divine way of being, why would it not follow that your body would naturally open to that and, yeah. and manifest into that? So that, anyway, for anybody that's struggling with that idea of miracle, to me, that at least gives a smaller leap to, for one to have to jump. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you remember, you know, when I was talking about my story, it was incremental. It was like, okay, can I make it through the day today? Mm-hmm. Can I choose life today? And it was in those small moments of looking at the trees and for the first time seeing how green they were. Like, wow, they're beautiful. I'll never forget that moment. It's as if it happened like five minutes ago. It's an anchor for me. And so it's not to say that you can't have those feelings. Because being authentic and present to what we're feeling is healing. Like, I I love the idea, and I take my clients, I take myself through this, I take my son through this, like, Feel what you're feeling until it's complete. When we don't do that, it stays. And so sometimes we do have to do it in stages because something can have can feel so painful that it might feel really hard to get through. But taking moments where I'm going to feel as much as I can feel to completion today. I'm going to feel as much as I can feel to completion tomorrow. And so little by little, it starts to undo itself. I know this sounds like it's all the way out there. It is out there because we can't think of being in the light. You know, for women, the more we think, the more we pull away from who we are. Excuse me. The more we pull away from who we are and... I encourage women to start feeling more. Feeling, how do you feel right now? I had one client that I worked with. Oh, she was a master of being in her head. She, I mean, master. She can teach that to the T because she's had to. Mm-hmm. Had to. We've all had to at some point to survive. And then there comes a point where it doesn't work for you anymore. You've hit a plateau. You've gone as far as you can go in that thinking capacity. And the entire, this particular session, we worked so hard on her getting into her body, getting into her feelings. And then towards the end, I said, how do you feel? (laughs) It had become a joke at this point. And she goes, I feel like shushing. (laughs) She dropped, she was, her lines went away. And I said, our call's complete. There's nothing else, nothing left for us to do in this session. That's it. We're done. We're done. And I left it at that because all of a sudden, she, it, it was so powerful. I feel like shushing. Like that's just a few words. Mm-hmm. When before it was this whole explanation. And in those few words, she, she just became this beautiful light. Mm. So those small moments stack up. And I, I keep going back to that because it's not this huge grand thing. You know, it can look easy on the outside, but the truth is that there is deep work. And when a woman commits to being in that 
light and in her grace and in her mastery, right, who she really is, she's going to have to dig deep. Mm -hmm. She's going to have to kind of uproot the stuff that has kept her from going there. And it can feel scary. It can feel exhilarating. It can feel all kinds of stuff. It doesn't even matter. So if it feels like something, we go with it until it's done. You've said the word feel many times in this call already, and that's something I wanted to bring up because uh, one of the things that I've learned in the group that you and I share uh, membership in with Alison Armstrong is she talks often about how for women, feelings is what's true. That, that is your truth. Whereas with men, facts is our truth. We're, we're, you know, our gift is the, the rational, logical, linear approach to things. And that's, again, not to say that women can't do that and, and that men also can't be more uh, organic and uh, detached and um, nonlinear uh, and emotional. But um, I, I think for a lot of women, that, that feeling is the truth. How do you how do you navigate that when feelings have no boundaries? Sometimes, I mean, feelings don't. Ha- there's not necessarily a start and stop to a feeling. How do you manage that when your body is flooded with various feelings from time to time for whatever reason? There is no managing. You have to be present to it. Mm. So when a woman feels tension. We are masters at feeling tension. And I don't know one woman, myself included, that doesn't feel tension at least a thousand times a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. And um, when you feel that tension, for example, the most powerful thing a woman can do is go, I feel tense. <sighs> you know, instead of running away from the tension, instead of continuing to do what we're doing, with the tension, then it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And then we have all these crazy stories we've created in our head. And then we just sabotaged this and we just blew up on that person. And then I just broke that and that fell and I stubbed my toe and <laughs> all these things start to happen, right? Like the whole thing falls apart. But when we can go, I feel tense. Yeah. And just pause. You don't have to even do anything with it. That's the thing is we don't have to do as much as we think we do. Ah, uh, that's key, I and think. That's, we don't have to do so much. Yeah. When, when, when I can feel, I, and I, I say I, not me personally, but as a woman, when women can feel the joy or the sadness or the contentment or the satisfaction or the jealousy or whatever the feeling is, I can say, in this moment, my truth is this feeling. It doesn't mean who I am. My truth in this moment is this feeling. That's it. It's not I am this feeling and now I'm shameful and now blah, 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 blah. It's this is how I'm feeling right now. And that's the first step to really leaning back, taking our hands off of life taking our, you know, pulling back from controlling even our own feelings and letting something be present inside of us. We run from our joy. We run from our sadness. We run from our feelings because we've been 
labeled as it's not good to have those feelings, you're too sensitive, you do this or you do that. And that comes from us not knowing how to express our feelings. It also comes from the misuse of the feelings. And it really is, you know, as a woman, she can take back her power and be in her power by saying, but this is how I feel. Well, you shouldn't feel that way, but it's how I feel right now. It's mine. It's not yours. This is how I feel. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and so, but like you said, feelings are, there is no boundary. It's, you can't hold it. You know, it's not tangible, but you can feel it. It's palpable. Right. And just following that feeling and see where it takes you. I feel jealous. I feel jealous because. I feel that because. I feel that because. Until all of a sudden, you've unraveled that whole feeling and you get to the truth. You know, one one client of mine, we went through that process and she landed on it's not safe to be feminine because I am the light. Does it even make sense? It doesn't have to. She landed on I am the light. She just unraveled this entire emotion, no longer exists in that moment, and now she is light. It took maybe a minute. Hmm. So there's so many ways to navigate our feelings. The most important thing is don't run from it. If you feel something, if you feel joy, feel it. Feel the pleasure. Feel how amazing it is. Like you're just running through this field, right? Like all those Instagram pictures with the arms up and like, ah, (laughs) feel. Let yourself be that liberated. Mm -hmm. If you feel sadness, cry. If you feel a lump in your throat, I feel a lump in my throat. Mm -hmm. If you feel angry, ah, I feel angry. And not run from it, but just acknowledge it. Usually when you acknowledge it, you know, so much of it dissipates in the moment. It's like saying, I see you. Okay, all right. And then you follow that feeling. What, what does this anger mean? Why am I angry? Why am I sad? What does that mean? Oh, I didn't establish that boundary. Or, ah, I should have done this instead. I knew it. My intuition said this instead. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we learn ourselves. And we learn to follow our intuition. We learn to stay true to who we are. It's a process. What is your um, what is your thought on the whole Me Too movement? I'm not personally a fan of calling people out on their wrongs publicly or at all. Um, I am a fan of rewriting stories. I am a fan of bringing to the light something that can evolve and make humanity better. I understand the collective pain. I understand what men and women have been through over the years, over lifetimes, centuries even. And I also understand that It has nothing to do with anybody outside of us. Oh, I can 
already here. <laughs> the information coming in. So let me just say this. Have I walked the Me Too path? Sure. Did I say anything publicly? I have no desire. I don't need to. I don't need to. I know who I am and I love myself. And I understand that it's a process. It's a purging that is taking place in humanity. And... As long as peace can be found through it, and as long as people are forgiven and released, then I think it can have a really powerful impact. As long as it's done in anger, I don't know, I don't know that it really does anything. doesn't mean you can't feel the anger, right? Um, when a woman has been violated, there's anger, there's hurt, there's all kinds of stuff because it threatens who she is and her existence. Mm -hmm. And there's grief and pain associated with that. That's valid. And it's real and true. And giving voice to that is powerful because it is, a, is collectively releasing it. Um, and I think now it's a matter of bringing ourselves back to who we are as women and doing the forgiving work, forgiving the things that are unforgivable and being able to say <clears throat> to anyone who's caused her pain, whether it's to their face, in your mind, energetically, emotionally, doesn't matter. I forgive you. I'm sorry for the fact that you, somewhere along the line, forgot who you are. And that I also forgot who I am, To Period. I forgot who I am, too. And I release you. I release you from the thoughts that I've held about you. I release you from the thoughts that have been put around you. I release you from the anger. I release you from the blame. I release you from my energy field. And I love you. And it is done. Mm. To release the unforgivable, to forgive the unforgivable, is one of the greatest and kindest acts of the human spirit. A woman, her energy is so big and her love is so big that it can dissolve anything within herself, in the field around her, um, it is my hope that with this movement and Me Too coming to the surface that it evolves into creating peace internally and that it, it's, it's afforded us an opportunity to forgive in a way that a lot of times we're challenged to forgive. I think that over time it will balance itself out and create harmony. I think so too. Yes. I think so too. I, I One of the things that I think, um, first of all, I know many, many men who have dealt with sexual trauma as kids. And, and I do think that this is a, I, I think making this just a women's issue 
would be missing um, the bigger opportunity. But at the same time, I also recognize that women have a unique um, experience that that not all men do um, in in the idea of safety, like you've been mentioning. I, I'll tell a very quick story. I was in another um, conference where the speaker asked, um, he said, let me ask all the men a question. He said, when was the last, when did you ever fear for your life? And, you know, maybe half the guys raised their hand and said, yeah, you know, I definitely feared for my life at one point in my life. All right, well, when was the last time you fear, or of the men, who has feared for your life in the last, say, three years? And then he said the last one year, in the last six months or whatever. Well, he got down to 30 days and maybe there was one guy, you know, but, but incrementally the, the hands went down and down and down. He said, all right, well, let me ask the women. When have you feared for your life? 100% of the women, raise your hands. All right, well, what about within the last five years? 100% of the women. What about within the last one year? Maybe 90% of the women. What about the last 90 days? 70% of the women. What about in the last week? Maybe 50%. And it's like, geez, women go through life with this idea of safety and, and the okay. desire for safety and, and this constant sensitivity to their environment, to their surroundings that I don't think the average man does. I, I rarely think about my own safety and there probably were times that I should because I was not in a good place, but I still like just my wiring wasn't like, Oh, I need to be safe. I need to be safe. I, there's always, I think there's a part of a man that's like, oh, I don't know fight my way out of it, you know, I'll figure something out, I'll, you know, become superhuman for a second, and then you get smashed in the face, and you go, oh, well, that, that was a lesson learned, but, you know, I, I think for most men, we're just not there, we don't think that, so that idea of safety seems, is so pre prevalent in a woman's experience that I think with this whole Me Too movement, I think it's helpful for men, it's, if I can give any advice to the men out there, it's to, it's to listen and then as you were saying a few minutes ago, to actually acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It doesn't mean that you have to whatever. It, but I think a mistake that many men make is they go into this stoicism, or at least in their head they think, I'm going to go into this rock state of emotionless way of being. And so as, as what some may call the, the storm rises – I am going to stand there with this defiant, non-emotional, and, and I'm like, that actually perpetuates. Because th there was a video I saw the other day where these two women, um, there was a, a congressman getting into an elevator, a male congressman getting into the an elevator, and they stopped the doors from closing, and they just reamed him. But uh, it genuinely was not coming from a place of rage. I mean, they're, they were extremely upset. But they were trying to get through to him, and they were saying, "Like, do you not have a daughter? Do you not have a mother? How do you not? F how do you not get this?" And you could see that they were f like what I was saying a minute ago. Their feelings were their truth in that moment because they don't know this guy. They don't know, you know. So as a man, but he just stood there like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna engage that at all. And I think he was thinking I'm gonna stay detached, and that seemed to perpetuate the the emotional buildup it, it, so the advice that i have for men is to 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 really sit and listen and i i shouldn't say this to just men because there are a lot of men who have dealt with this again but it's for anybody who feels empowered to be able to sit there and listen and to acknowledge the pain that somebody else is in yeah. to to genuinely acknowledge to to feel as best you can the feeling that they are feeling in that moment is incredibly um 
uh, pressure releasing. It is, and something that I'm present to when you when I was listening to you talk is how the question of how do I heal this pain, this shame? How do I forgive the unforgivable? And there's one question that's so powerful. Am I willing to let this go? Am I willing to heal this? So you can gauge, because then that's personal responsibility. Am I willing to heal this? Well, yeah. Do I want to keep this forever? No. Do I, would I rather just feel happy and free and yeah? So then that helps initiate this healing process. And it puts you present to your pain, but in your power around it, mm -hmm. in your light around it. And you're able to lo start to love it and s kind of slather love all over the situation in yourself moment by moment by moment. So I love what you said about, you know, it is for men too. It is for men too. I was answering from the woman's perspective, but it is for men as well. And, you know, we have an opportunity. We finally have an opportunity to do just that. Am I willing to heal this? Am I willing to let this go? Am I willing to be free? Am I willing? Do I want to feel this way? Do I want to hang on to this? No. Am I willing to release this abuse energy from my system? Do I want to keep it or do I want to let it go? The answers are obvious. I don't want to keep it. I don't want to feel this way. I want to feel free. And then you can start to find the gifts in it too. Like my gift of, is it safe to be beautiful? Oh, no, it wasn't. But now it's my purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the, the answers to those questions are obvious, but I think what's the difficult part is, all right, well, how do I do that? So can you t tell the listeners a little bit about your program and some of the, I think you'd mentioned the seven different phases or, or we actually have touched on pretty much all of okay. the transformation. So the program is called Embodiment, and it is a four-month program for women to take that time and literally begin the process and establish herself in what we've been talking about, in her light and in her power, and to release shame and to create in her life the things that she wants. Um, the six transformations, we've been through some of them now. The first one, in no particular order, is healing. So we talked about healing the shame. We talked about healing pain. Am I willing to let it go? Um, usually in that question, you let a lot of it go. Mm -hmm. When you start to just give yourself that permission. So healing is a big component because where there is light, darkness must flee. So the more you let go of the darkness of what's heavy and make it lighter, then you can start a new path. So that's like we start there a hundred percent. Forgiveness. I actually just gave, you know, a really nice process on how to forgive somebody, truly and deeply. And when a woman can forgive what's been unforgivable in her life, she's free. She's free free to make new choices and then there's the energetic alignment where you know what's what's wrong the problem is that we're not lit up 
women, we're not lit up. We don't know how to light ourselves up. We don't know how to be radiant. We try and make it happen externally. So the energetic alignment piece is learning how to light yourself up and applying love. I talked about the wave of love and all these different tools that you can start, a woman can start to integrate and practice in her life. And the next one is 100%, I take every woman through this, is being safe in her beauty. It was so powerful for me. And it's so powerful for every woman that can really lean back and get comfortable in her body and find her God-given purpose as a beautiful being of light. When she can do that, everything changes in, in her life, in her career, in her relationships, in how she shows up. Her body starts to heal and change and shift. Um, the next transformation is magnetizing. Hmm. Magnetizing is really I create from within. It's not calling something into your life. It's not doing. It's really the practice of being. Like my client who practiced this all last week and generated ten thousand, almost ten thousand dollars, out of the blue, from different sources. I asked her what she did. And she said nothing. <laughs> I took care of myself and I hung out with my kids. Right. So magnetizing in from that place deep down inside. I really love to take women through that process of understanding who she is at that level and how powerful it is to create what she wants to create. Mm -hmm. That it really, the world responds to her because we're feeling, we're beings made out of feelings and our feelings create. And then the final piece is receiving, like leaning back and receiving. And what that means is vulnerability, being open, and literally imagine, literally imagining everything that you want already inside of you and even putting it inside of you. So these six transformations, they don't happen in that particular order usually. Sometimes we go through all of it in one session, but the four-month container is really to establish that foundation of grace and mastery and understanding how to navigate your own emotional world and how to apply that into your business, your career, your relationship, your children, your hobbies, your passions, yourself. And um, that is the foundation. That's the start. That's the start of what we've been talking about and really getting into that higher frequency. Where would somebody go if they're interested to find out more about that? Email me. The best way is just to email me at femininegracemastery at gmail.com and we'll talk. That's it. That's the easiest way, fastest way too. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, are you okay on time? Do you have a little bit more time to chat? Yeah. Okay. I know we were, I didn't want to go too long, but um, so you, where did you grow up again? In Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Um, yeah. And you have you have some Latin heritage, uh, Puerto Rican, yes? Yes. So uh, you got to tell me a little bit about the salsa dancing. So this is interesting. Um, my family, my parents got here, came from Puerto Rico just before I was born. So I always call myself Southern Rican. I'm borderline. Um, and I grew up. You know, in my home, it was full-blown Puerto Rican. Outside of my home, it was American. So I had this conflict, like, who am I, yeah. right? 
And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I started to get this itch, like, who am I? You know, what is this thing brewing inside of me? And I was yearning to know my culture and understand myself. I knew the foods. I knew a lot. I mean, I lived in it, but in relation to me. And then the whole world of salsa blew up in my face. I'm like, oh, my God, I have found who I am. It's true. It's part of my And... And so I just started to dive in. I couldn't dance it. I couldn't even find the rhythm. It was that's how disconnected I was from myself. Wow. Yes. So I'm like counting like, okay, one, two, three, <laughs> five, six, seven. I had to count and let go in my head and feel in my body what was already in my DNA. I, so that actually became an outlet for my own healing and my own expression. Um and that's just part of, you know, that's, that's, I do it all the time in my kitchen, anywhere at the gas station. If I hear it playing, it's just my a way of being for me now. And my, my, my grandfather is a legendary salsa musician. He was, um, one of the lead singers to one of the most well-known bands coming out of Puerto Rico. And did he so, play an instrument or you said he was a singer? Did he play sang, an instrument sang. too? Yeah, he sang. I mean, Just, he can, can like <laughs> musicians, they can play anything. Like you can put a spoon in a cup and you have an instrument, you know, but he, you know, that was his world. Yeah. And so that's how disconnected I was from my roots. You know, there's something powerful to be said about that when you can pull from the good, the good from your background and embrace culturally who you are. You know, that's that's that for me was really liberating. Uh, to me, it's the American uh, ideal is like, let's take the best of all these different cultures and bring it to get, you know, into yeah. one place. Yeah. Um, dancing in general, my sister's a big West Coast swing dancer, and I've got some friends that are into salsa and things like that. And I've gone to a few lately in the bachata and all that. And oh, good for you. Yeah. And it's it's it kind of. Um, it hit me as I was sitting there. I was like, man, so many of the of the world's ills could be healed through dancing. If people knew how to dance, because it, it forces you into that energy. You can't just do it, especially with salsa, especially with bachata. Like you have to feel it. You have to be in that moment and get out of the, the linear, like step-by-step -step thing, no pun intended, but for a woman to be able to let go, and to follow and for a man to provide structure and to provide leadership that is where i see often a breakdown and not to say that there are uh, that those that those are predefined and um, you know static roles for both men and women because of course it's set, it's it, it, i'm getting to the point for me in my own journey where i'm just i'm tired of like uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh, having to always say, well, women can be leaders too and men can be emotional. Like, of course they can. Are we adults or are we not adults? Of course they can. But at the same time, like men have strength. There is a biological strength in men. There's a, a, a and an ability often to 
think linearly and to compartmentalize, which is really good for getting shit done, for getting focused and moving the ball down the field, right? And for women, you have a natural tendency to be connected. And frankly, this is what I want to get into is the gift that these are complementary. They're not adversarial. I've, for people, like our culture is so adversarial and it seems so obvious to me how it's we're arguing two sides of the same coin and it's like they're both needed and they're both like a gift to the other. I don't think women understand, especially this goes into I think the aging side of things. Do women really understand how much of a gift it is to be able to bring that youthful energy, youthful energy, right? Not 25-year-old perfect in shape body. I'm talking about the youthful energy into older ages. Like it's such attractive energy to see a woman who's still vital and alive and brings her feeling to men who are typically, if we're not, you know, developed, we're in our linear, you know, conquer things mode. So it's a gift when a woman can come and go, ah, oh, but hold on, just wait a second, be present for a minute and feel like, look at around you. Look at the, the, the green grass and the blue sky. You were talking earlier, like the, yeah. the things just popped, right? Yeah. It's such a gift to be able to do that. And it's a gift for men to come and say, whoa, whoa, whoa you're all over the place. <laughs> Let's lock it down a little bit and get clear. Where are we going with all of this? <laughs> right. We, they're complementary. They, they go together. So to me, anyway, I saw that in the, in the salsa dancing and I wanted to bring that up to get your take on, on that. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, <laughs> if a woman wants to just jump in to her femininity, go take a salsa class, you know, um, because it, or any follow lead class because she has to follow. You know, once you learn the basics, you have to follow. And it is, you know, a little bit has to do with hand contact and body contact. Most of it is energy. Well, and that, that brings up a good point, too, of the safety aspect because yeah. you often are partnered with strangers and yeah. that can be a little disconcerting, but you're in a safe place. And to just notice how that, shows up for you that even in a safe place you're still mm -hmm. feeling like you want to shut Attention. down and put the walls yeah. up yeah and so it's, i mean it's a perfect place to practice it's a perfect place to listen to your intuition it's a perfect place an opportunity to to go oh i feel tense okay i'm gonna relax my shoulders real quick you know oh i'm tense again okay i'm gonna relax oh my god my stomach is in knots i'm sweating i'm this i'm that Oh, you know, and it's just catching it every time. And, you know, you'll do it with salsa dancing. It'll happen or any kind of dancing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you were talking about um, being raised in Alabama. Yes. And your grandfather was a, it was, did you say it was your grandfather was the famous yes. musician? Okay. Yes. And what kind of influence did that have on you? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of disconnect that I felt growing up because I grew up here and my roots and my family were there. So the, I think the influence that it had on me personally was that struggle of who am I? How does all of this play in? How come I waited until my twenties to figure out that I absolutely love my culture mm -hmm. and you know, how, how much I was missing of myself. Um, so not, 
all the time that I spent not exploring my culture and not connecting to my family, you know, I didn't know. I was young. I didn't know. Yeah. But once I became aware of it, then it's like, oh, this is more of who I am. So, you know, the influence is that it's brought me great joy. It's brought me joy after I realized that I, I was disconnected from it. And it was just a choice. Like, oh, wow, look, my family's cool. Wow, my grandfather has phenomenal music. You know, oh, look, I can salsa dance. You know, my <laughs> culture's alive and happy and, and we never give up. You know, there's, there's just something that comes with that. And I use my hands to talk and, and there's that vibrant energy and I'll never give that up again. Do you know how to, do you know how to shut up a Latina? Uh, is this a joke or a question? <laughs> you hold their hands. You hold their hands down and they can't talk. Ah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I, was I, say, I don't think that's ever a good idea. <laughs> no, of course not. And of course it's a joke. We would never, ever. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that a joke? Where are we going with this? <laughs> of course it's a joke. Um, how, if I could ask you before we leave, um, and this may open up something else, but have you personally felt um, threatened for your own safety within the last, say, 30 days, 60 days? I live by the airport. Every single time an airplane flies <laughs> over, I have that moment. <laughs> so since this morning, <laughs> right. I have that tension feeling. And I'll tell you why. Um, I mean, that's part of it because they're just so low. Sometimes you can see like right there. Mm. But several years ago where I lived, we had an airplane go down about four or five houses down from where oh, I lived. Wow. And so that was huge. Like a, like a commercial airline? No, no, it was a private. It was a small private jet, okay. but I saw the whole thing. Oh. I could do nothing. Oh, wow. The whole thing was up in flames. I saw the people. And I remember just screaming because there was like nothing else I could do. Like my whole body went, bleh, you know, and I just, the screaming came from there's nothing I can do. Right. And so to say that I was in trauma for a little bit was an understatement. Right. And so now every now and then when I have an airplane go by that sounds a little too high pitched or it's a little too close and it's shaking, mm -hmm. I get that tension, you know, there was one time not long ago where I don't know what kind of airplane it was. It was loud. It was so big. And I stood in my living room and I thought, where's it going to go down? Mm. You know? So yeah. That's a, uh, that's a good, but I don't live in that fear. Right. I don't live and I'm not safe, but are there moments where it's like, Oh my God, you know? Yeah. But then it's like, okay. Oh, what am I thinking? You know, and that's just part of that. Like you said so perfectly, you know, it's we're aware of our environment mm -hmm. in a way where we can I can feel it. I can feel it on my skin. Yeah, I think that's a good example of how a traumatic event can re-trigger, but that you can feel it for an instant and be present to it, yeah. but not make it more than it needs to be. And then ultimately release it and let it go as quickly yeah. as it came. And not and have that derail. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you feel sad, or if you feel something come up, then you know, go into that, let it go, because if not, it's going to keep building up and building up. But every time it happens, just whew, I release that. 
you mentioned a few a little bit a couple times the the client that um has basically manifested ten thousand dollars. Do you have some other success stories of other clients and and yeah. can give it can you give us like a before and after of yeah, I had one woman that I worked with, and um you know what was happening in her personal life was challenging her professional life, and we'd had three sessions and before her fourth session, I had this insight, you know, and I was like, this is how your personal life is tying into this situation. Here's your opportunity if you want to take it. A few days later, she goes, I just made $10,000 because of that connection. And it was, I don't want to give details because um, that's personal, but her process was an acceptance of what is. Remember, we talked about controlling and letting things go and being and an offering forgiveness. You know, when we offer forgiveness, we offer our grace, then it just kind of unraveled and dismantled the situation. And so she was able to approach her professional situation with her presence and $10,000 just like that. Hmm. Um, there's a woman I worked with and she's very, she's busy, she's in the media, um, TV personality, and always busy and longing for love. Like it was aside from her professional body of work, that's her other mission and her purpose. Like I want a partner. I want love. She's, it was just almost eating at her. And we went through this process and did several sessions all around love. And so she had to release the lack of love she experienced in her life and she had to do her own healing and come to this place of I am the love this is who I am this is what I want this is my authentic whole self and within a few weeks she met the most amazing man who ties her shoes for her so she doesn't have to bend over and do it mm -hmm. they're still going strong they're it's amazing they're I mean they're I could not have to say that it was divinely orchestrated is an understatement, but she opened up that pathway. Mm -hmm. um, it's phenomenal to see things like that unfold. Yeah, uh, I have another woman that I worked with who had, I've told you about this before, she had a challenge where she had vaginal bleeding and she had experienced the loss of her husband before her daughter was born. And the doctors could not figure out why this was happening. They'd done tests. There was no cancer. They were going to do surgery. That's what I'm sorry. Was she pregnant or? No, no. She had already. So this was like four years after. Thank you. Let me clarify. Four years after her husband had passed. Okay. And she was still experiencing, hmm. you know, it wasn't her cycle. It was vaginal bleeding and there was no tumor. There was no cancer. There was nothing going on. And so we did a session around releasing the grieving in her womb. Hmm. It stopped. It stopped. She a few days later, she's like, I was skeptical, but it stopped. Several weeks later, it hasn't returned. I should be, and it's not there. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's deep spiritual work. Yeah. Yeah. But she's free, and and you know when you can liberate yourself from those things, then you can find your partner, and you can generate that cash, then you can do the things you need to do to heal your body to feel good, to feel beautiful, to have your life kind of look like magic and work for you. 
Is this, this is, um, you've seen the movie The Secret? Yeah, a long time ago. Would you say that this is similar to that or not? My, this work, feminine work, can't be mental. Okay, it is 100% being connected to herself, a woman being connected to herself. So if we're affirming, you know, I am this and I create this and repeating these mantras or these affirmations over and over again, it's still something that's out there. We're still efforting, we're still pushing and we're still trying to make things happen. There's not one woman, not one high level woman that is professional and hugely successful that is that I haven't worked with that didn't reach a point of depletion because of pushing like that. Mm-hmm. What I teach is the opposite. You know, earlier I said I materialize from within. And it's understanding that you create based on how you feel. So if something feels good to you, if there's something you desire and it feels good, then you can let that be alive in your body. And then you can, instead of affirming something, then you're just stating a fact, mm-hmm. right? So um, my my client was has been affirming, I am affluent. Affluence is all around me. Well, she generated all this money, right? And I said, what's changed? And she said, I stated what's true. So it's going from wanting something from the outside to stating a fact. And the only way you can state a fact that's not here yet, right? That's a law of attraction piece. Like the part that's not here yet is by understanding that you materialize from within, Mm. which is where the process comes from of releasing the thoughts, the feelings, the energies, the people doing the forgiveness work that keeps a woman from being wide open to who she is and to what's really, really, really true for her. Mm-hmm. So if she desires a car, why do you desire that car? Oh my God, because it makes me feel like this. Then that's a fact. So then she can start to affirm that. She can start to magnetize that. She can start to imagine receiving it. If we're going to go in that direction in this conversation, she can start to imagine receiving it. Like my client did. She laid down in her field and things just showed up, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. And opportunities show up and you can go, I'll take that opportunity. Or an idea will come in. Oh, let me make that phone call. And so it's an organic process that comes from within, you're not forcing something into being that's out there, you know? So if you're gonna make like a vision board, you gotta tune in to what's true for you first inside and have that vision board be like a, a mirror to who you are on the inside and what you want on the inside. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? It a does, bit? it does. Uh, to me, the difference is, um... I think you said it as a minute ago where it, it, it's deep embodiment versus embodiment. just wishing it to be your true or, or trying to speak it into, into being from the outside in. It really is an inside out process. Yeah. You yeah. feel it into being, you feel it into existence. And then when you feel it, you can speak it. Yeah. yeah. Affluence is, you know, all over everywhere. 
I am lovable. You know, whatever it is. And those things then start to kind of generate, and, you know, you're generating energy in, in your life and in your world, and it's flowing in your energy field. It's the difference we were talking earlier about being depressed and angry or sad versus being in this space of being in light and in your truth. They both create results. Well, you certainly have a lot of energy. And it's a beautiful thing to see. <laughs> I've appreciated uh, the conversation. I feel like this one's one for the books. We'll put it, mm. we'll, we'll be able to, th full disclosure, we had another one that we, another conversation that would just, I think, I don't know, for whatever reason, we just, we had some other issues going on, but this one feels good. This one's in full energetic alignment. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so one last time for anybody who's interested to in following up with you, the email again is? FeminineGraceMastery at gmail.com. And then just reach out, reach out and we can talk and I can point you in the right direction, whether it's us doing something together or any other resource. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, Marilyn, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. All right.